HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by S. Wallace Edwards & Sons, third-generation cure masters producing the country's best dry-cured and aged hams, bacon, and sausage. For more information, visit surreyfarms.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, hey, you're listening to Let's Eat In on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Kathy Airway. Today is a chilly, chilly fall day in Brooklyn, and it happens to be Columbus Day. So happy anniversary of Mr. Christopher Columbus of discovering the new world, that is. Um, I don't know if it's its anniversary, wedding, or birthday, but I think that would be (laughs) why we're celebrating it. Um, So um, today I'm joined by a couple of really rad, serious chefs at a serious awesome New York institution of a restaurant. It is called The Darby. It is um, a restaurant uh, opened by Alex Grinichelli, master chef, um, owner of Butter as well. And here are two of her uh, chefs, sous chef, uh, Ian Hallbrooks. 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 I can't say that. (laughs) And Lucas Marino, how are you? Good. It's nice to be here. Well, thanks for joining me on your day off from the restaurant. You guys must be there like... Six days a week, or what? Uh, right now, we're only open five. Oh, okay. Which is a blessing. But it feels like six, so. Yeah, it feels <laughs> like you nine. Have to prep, and yeah, it feels <laughs> like nine. Well, excellent work. Um, I'm looking at the menu and just kind of drooling over it. I know that that um, the menu online doesn't entirely reflect, reflect what's there, because there's so many specials and seasonal changes to the menu yes. all the time. It's that kind of place. Yeah. So what's something tasty right now that you, that something that's your favorite and something that's new and exciting? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, uh, I'll be honest. I, <laughs> I'm not always up on the current menu exactly uh-huh. because I just make parts of it. Okay. Um, so Lu- Lucas is there at night when they actually feed this stuff to people, so he could tell you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, I mean, um, it's uh, usually we have a lot of local stuff, so whatever comes in, we're always changing it up. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the constant things we have a lot is uh, obviously the burrata. I just it's one of those things that I always just get. I can't stop looking at it when I make it. And there's something about cheese mm-hmm. inside of cheese yeah. that mm-hmm. you just can't get away from. Now I heard that burrata actually has like cream injected inside it. Or what what is it? That stuff that oozes the, out of the center of a I soft mean, mound of burrata. It's pretty much a, a magical balloon of cheese. It's, okay. it's your uh, almost like a ball of mozzarella. But before you actually have the curds to continue to make the mozzarella, you set that aside, and then when you're starting to form your mozzarella, you stretch it and you stuff it in with what would eventually become the mozzarella. So it's like. Oh, a balloon so of mozzarella with a stage of mozzarella inside. Correct. Okay, yeah. interesting. Like a mozzarella uterus. <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> sounds but good. much tastier. Uh, and what do you serve that with currently? <laughs> uh, right now, we're uh, getting uh, quite a bit of uh, very delicious heirloom tomatoes. Nice. Yeah, the tomatoes are out of control this season. Yeah, they're they were right. really good. It's a really uh, awesome it, season. It's last a year, hit or miss. Last year was not as good. No. Uh, I mean, they're always really good, the heirloom tomatoes from the Union Square Green Market where we get them. Um, Do you get them from uh, Eckerdin? We get them from Stokes Farms and from Cherry Lane Farms. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, Do you have like a green market forager or who who does that? Me. Yeah. (laughs) That's Ian here. He's our uh, resident forager. I go there every Wednesday and Saturday. Cool. And um, Alex over the years has, you know, introduced me to all the farmers that we deal with and sort of showed me the ropes and uh now it's my job cool but it's cool it's one of the coolest parts of yeah. my job, i think now i hear that chefs go typically very early in the morning at the union square to get all the good stuff yeah i mean all the good stuff goes fairly quickly i try and get there at like nine mm-hmm. and we also sometimes call an order but i actually enjoy just going out going out there and looking at what's good and yeah. grabbing it then do you ever grab like some impulse buys when oh, you're there? Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Alex is always like, you know, get some of this for Antonio. He loves, you know, kohlrabi or, yeah. you know, whatever. And oh. I mean, it's a treat for us in the afternoon when we come into the actual kitchen and Ian will say, hey, look what I found. <laughs> and we're like, all right, we'll do something with it. So, I mean, it's a treat for him to do that for us. Surprise. Yeah. It keeps, keeps everyone Keeps everyone engaged. Nice. Yeah. Exciting. Um, so I, I actually happened to run into these folks because they participate in a lot of events. Uh, Pig Island over the summer. Um, Lucas and Ian, I think, won each <laughs> in this name that plant <laughs> yes. game that I was hosting over at one booth. So, And they were very well versed in plants. One of them was avocado squash. And they I, every that's that one pretty much stumped everyone. They're like, what is it looks like an avocado, but it's a summer squash. And you guys came up and you were like, "Oh yeah, we cook with that all the time at the restaurant." So yeah, that's I only I knew that from seeing it at the market. So mm-hmm. there you go. And that squash is amazing. I just have to say, it's got a really nice texture. It's yeah. like buttery, yeah, creamy. It's right. awesome. <laughs> so what are you going to do when the cherry or heirloom tomatoes are out of season? Because that's going to happen really soon, right? Root, root vegetables, root veggies, and burrata. Yeah, burrata is always available. Thank goodness. Root veggies and burrata. Yeah, I never thought of that. Oh yeah. Okay. How would how would you prepare them? Um, depends on the vegetable. Like, Alex likes to celery root. I don't treat know. treat each vegetable separately and give it the proper care it deserves. So like rutabaga would get a little nutmeg and a little sugar. Celery root might be boiled and pureed. You know, uh-huh. whatever best suits the particular vegetable. Okay. 
Yeah. So we're heading into root vegetable uh, time of the year. Cauliflowers and cabbages, too. They're going to be big. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We see a lot of those. Um, I wanted to share a little article that I checked out recently. And I know you guys are chefs and not owners of restaurants. But um, according to an article in Cranes, New York, business news um and according to a study in zagat's latest guide revealed last week um new yorkers are now eating less in restaurants than they do at home hmm. for the first time in 30 years so i think that's great news actually it is yeah yeah huh okay <laughs> i thought you're gonna be like no, I mean, it's, it's good. I mean, yeah. I've been here in New York for about two years. I'm usually from Florida, which isn't a foodie place. Mm. And for some reason, back then, we don't go out and make a day of going out to eat. Yeah. And this is something that New York is really known for. People can make a day of just picking out a couple of restaurants throughout the week and actually making an event of it. Whereas mm. now, it's taken away from people actually cooking themselves yeah there's a lot of foodie people that actually enjoy the food but if you were to tell them can you replicate this in your home they'd probably say not really i just go here specifically for this because i know i love it but i couldn't really do it myself yeah but now that like you say it's kind of changing it's good for people to actually stay at home and kind of get into something that they love and be able to reproduce it themselves right i think that's something that a lot of people are you know gearing towards nowadays so you see it as, as a positive thing. Yeah, definitely. I don't think the New York restaurant scene is going anywhere. So really, anything <laughs> that gets people more into food, just more into food, is yeah. is, a, is a good thing. So maybe they'll come by and really appreciate it on a, a deeper level. Exactly. The food Absolutely. at the restaurant. Yeah. Right. Totally. I mean, it, it strikes a note if someone says, "You know, I've made this," and then they go to a restaurant and they happen to have the same item. They just have better appreciation of what they're actually consuming. Mm-hmm. At least that's what I feel. Totally. Cool. So. Do you guys, uh, you're from Florida. Uh, Ian, where are you from? I grew up in Westchester, just outside of the city. Cool. Did you always love cooking? I always loved eating good food. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't always know how to cook. Right. My parents had a few, my mom and dad each had a few dishes that they could make really well, but they weren't, they weren't big cooks either. But they took us to a lot of good restaurants, and I feel like I just learned to appreciate really good food and then eventually I had to take matters into my own hands <laughs> so you, you got you just decided to go to go for it and go yeah, to culinary basically. school yeah I started I actually was uh, living at home semi unemployed after college and I saw an ad for a restaurant in my hometown Larchmont New York uh, for a restaurant called Plates they were hiring someone and it said no experience necessary which leapt out at me so <laughs> I was like, I'll do this for a little while, maybe learn a few things, and then, you know, here we are. So. No experience necessary. <laughs> I love seeing that. Where do you ever see that? Because I, I was actually over um, hearing this conversation at this new coffee shop that opened on Smith Street, and somebody came by and was like, hey, I'd like to apply for a job. The person was like, do you have experience as a barista? <laughs> it's like, that. how much... Low of a, I don't know, of a, I don't know. Well, okay. New York is starting to take its coffee much more seriously too, which is a good thing, I think. That's true. so. If they have to be snobs at first to start that tradition, I'm sort of okay with that. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I think it's worth it because I mean, it, 
as coffee is coffee but you know sometimes when you actually get a coffee that's made well it's the difference nowadays you go to starbucks and all they do is press a button Mm-hmm. And there's your coffee. Mm-hmm. Whereas you go somewhere else, and you know they take the time to you know grind the beans and do everything themselves. It just has a better taste. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, a good espresso can really change your morning. Oh, absolutely. Or yeah. evening, or whole day, frankly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Although sometimes here they do the pour over thing with the sometime coffee here at Roberta's, and it takes like four minutes to get your coffee. I'm like, I need. Oh, that's my- too long. Damn it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just. I'm just providing it <laughs> layman's um so no that's really interesting and um so did you always were you always in, inspired by food lucas too or when did that happen no, actually no i never figured i'd be working in the industry i actually uh went to school for it so i was big into computers <laughs> and i decided to uh take a little time off and i worked on a cruise ship for a while okay uh at the time the girlfriend i had was a chef on the ship and we were talking, and every time she would talk about food, she would talk with such a passion that it made me realize, wait, maybe there's a little more to this than, you know, what I thought was just someone in the back flipping burgers. Uh-huh. Every time she would cook for me or she would talk about food, there was just something in the way she looked at it. I mean, and I don't know. It just kind of sold me. It and was I'm, infectious, It huh? was. And I said, you know what, let me look into this. And then I fell in love with it, and here I am today. That's cool. So you guys... Both kind of fell into it from from different parts, and and how how large of a kitchen um, do you work at? Oh, it's right now? way too small. <laughs> too small. It's like a submarine. <laughs> it is. That's so. That's like the biggest thing I hear um, when I try to tell people about you know cooking at home. They're like, "Well, I don't have a very big kitchen," and oh. I'm like, "Well, you, a lot you, of you restaurants don't, don't either. You don't really need a big. Kitchen. You don't need yeah. a big kitchen if you if you work sort of." You just smartly, right? You, you just know. need smartly. the will, the, yeah. the will to actually go through it. The yeah. will, yeah, yeah. If you want to do it, you can do it. Exactly. Right. There's always a way. In a cruise ship, too. I mean, well, I know oh, those God. things are enormous, but yeah. I would imagine it would be a little challenging with the rocking and I don't it, know. It, 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 yeah, that's <laughs> potential disasters striking. I don't know. I think I have a phobia of, of ships. Um, okay, so we'll get. We're just gonna have a quick little musical break, and we'll be right back chatting more with the chefs at the Derby.
Today's program has been brought to you by S. Wallace Edwards & Sons. Edwards Suriano hams are aged to perfection for no less than 400 days and hickory smoked to achieve a deep mahogany color. The Edwards name is well known for its world-class aged and cured meats. Their exclusive curing and aging recipe produces a unique flavor profile that enhances the quality characteristics of Berkshire pork. Optimum amounts of pure white fat marbling contribute to a flavor that's a delicate, perfect balance between sweet and salty. For more information, visit www.surreyfarms.com. All right, we're back on Let's Eat In. Um, my guests are right now devouring some pizza from uh, Roberta's. And uh, how, how, what do you think of it, chefs? Oh, it's really good. It's really, yeah. really delicious. I've never been here before. Um, I tried to come here one time on a Sunday for brunch. It was way too crowded, and I was secretly relieved because this place is so cool that I was a little bit intimidated. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Roberta's is, is awesome. I'm loving it. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, you guys don't do pizza. I guess you'd have to have this special oven. Yeah, we do a, a flatbread yeah. type thing. Sorry, I'll talk closer to the mic. <laughs> um, but you know time. how to make pizza? Yeah, is that something? Yeah, I just bought a pizza stone was, at home, I actually. It's funny, we were, bringing this up. <laughs> we were just talking about it two days ago. He can't stop talking about his new pizza stone. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Like all things in food, it's something you can get. As as deep into as you care to, right? Absolutely. As far as perfecting and you know figuring yeah. out your own way to do it, and I think that as a as a town, uh, that it's a huge trend right now in New York. Pizza. Well, it's it's it's, it's our biggest tradition in New York City. Hmm. It's pizza, pizza and bagels. Those are our our two really big ones. What are some other trends that you see happening um, with the food world in general? Because I know, you know. Well, the the uh, green market thing has been a trend for a while, which is great. It's just getting bigger and bigger, which is. Do you wonderful see that as a trend? Well. Like it's um, like maybe it's a passing phase, or do you see it as something that's here to stay? Oh, I, I mean, it's it's here to stay. Yeah. I, I mean, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, what better way to you know entice the people to come to your restaurant than with stuff that you know you have here locally and fresh, whereas you know. Why bother ordering from a farm, you know, on the side of the world or on the side of the country where you can get so much stuff that's here locally? Right. And, I mean, I think that's the best way to go. And the quality and um, everything is just fresher and... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. And you build relationships with the farmers and if they like you as a person, they'll give you the good stuff first. Right. <laughs> <laughs> How about, like, meats and seafood? Do you um, have your certain uh, purveyors for those that you want to... Yeah, we get, we get our seafood from Razo. Razo. Uh, we get our lobsters from the Lobster Place. We get right. oysters from WTC Food. These are just purveyors that we've, we've found give us a really good, consistent product, and we've mm-hmm. developed relationships over the years. Alex Gornicelli, our chef in particular, is very much about building relationships <coughs> with people. You know, I think Louis Razo was at our wedding... You know, that, that, that kind of thing. Yeah, you know? that's pretty That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, because um, I know the Derby has, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of oysters on the menu. It kind of has that old New York touch to it. And oysters are obviously a very quintessentially New York local food. Absolutely. Um, so what, what is something that you, that you do anew with, with oysters in, on the menu? Do I have to ask Lucas? Yeah, you know. I mean, I mean uh, oysters are oysters. People will just go into a restaurant and see oysters. They'll just pick whatever they want. They'll just eat them directly. Raw. Okay. It, that's the best way, I believe, to eat oysters. 
uh, I'm but actually the Rockefeller, um, right? I mean, the Rockefeller. It's uh, it's no longer on the menu, but uh, actually, on my current trip to uh, Florida, I came about this new uh, type of lime, which uh, it's called finger lime, and pretty much uh, it's a long uh, lime, wow. and unlike a regular lime, it uh, it's full of little beads, almost like it looks like caviar. Oh, okay. So what you do, you slice the lime in half, and then you have all these little caviar beads that are full with, you know, lime, lime juice. juice. And I thought that was something pretty cool to do with oysters, because, you know, a little citrus on an oyster always goes a long way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just put a little... And aesthetically, and aesthetically speaking, it looks beautiful to have an oyster with what looks to be, you know, caviar, which really isn't. And then just a little glass of champagne, and you call it a day. Wow, that's that's great. So I mean, I, I'm finger really, limes. Finger limes. I've never heard of it until about a week ago. So. I think I've I've heard of that somewhere. I'm not sure if they were shaped like a finger, but like other citrus fruits that you can <coughs> kind of just like take off the little beads of very easily. No, that was the first time. And when I saw it, I had it at a restaurant there. I thought they were using you know molecular astronomy, you know, with chemicals to make <laughs> little you know spherifications. And nope, when I talked, no, they're like, no, they, that's how they come. Huh. I was like, wow, that's awesome. I'm definitely going to need to uh, look into that. Nice. It's something I definitely nice. want to have at the restaurant. Cool. So you guys don't really use too much molecular gastronomy techniques yeah. and crazy we've, uh, hydrocolides we, and I mean, blah, we, blah, 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 blah. We've played on our off time. And mm-hmm. I mean, as far as trends go, that's something that's really big. You know, you have your Wally Dufresne here. You have your Grant down in Chicago. Foams. But Yeah, your foams. It's something that for a while I was in love with. Until I actually realized, at the end of the day, yes, you can grab this salmon and dehydrate it and hang it from the <laughs> ceiling and take it across town and then air it back to the restaurant. And at the end of the day, it's just going to taste like salmon. So hopefully, why, hopefully, I don't know hopefully, about hopefully that. it'll taste hopefully. like salmon. It would hopefully. <laughs> so like I mean, why not? Why not just take a piece of salmon and just make it as delicious as you think it can be, and just <laughs> serve it. So I mean, yeah, the whole you know molecular gastronomy is a cool thing as far as technique goes. Mm-hmm. But I believe if you just do something really well and simple, then it goes a long way. Yeah. Taste comes first. And oh, absolutely. That's it. Well said. That's the bottom line. Absolutely. Cool. So I have this question that I ask every guest on the show. And uh, you can take your turns. But uh, what, in your opinion, is the ultimate date meal? Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oysters are <Okay>. good. <laughs> Raw on the half shell? Yes. Yes, uh, enough said. Um, I think something you cook in your house is always a good way to go. Okay. What because you that? don't have to go anywhere afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> and, no, your uh, place or mine. Yeah. You know, and food can really sort of generate goodwill in this incredible way that people maybe don't always think about. But you can really put someone in a good mood by mm. making them a good meal. Yeah. And that's very, very powerful. Right. Especially if it's on a first date and they realize that you're doing this for them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree with that. Is there any, like, menu that you can plan out? Maybe, uh, you know? Something light. Something. Something that won't weigh you down too much. Some steak. A little salad. <laughs> something simple. I don't know. You can... Steak and salad? That's a good one. Yeah. A nice, a nice bloody steak. Preceded by some oysters, uh, maybe some sorbet for dessert. I don't know something. Something. Something basic. light and simple, but really tasty. Crowd pleaser. Yeah. Right. Do you do sauces with steak, or do you prefer it kind of just like sta- straight up and salted on the outside? And yeah, that's, that's not it. a bad way to go. 
Maybe a little pan sauce, whatever. Yeah. Or this chimichurri thing I've been hearing about oh. so much lately. <laughs> Lucas is a big proponent of chimichurri. He's got me convinced. I'm lately. a huge proponent of chimichurri. Yeah, that's good stuff. Well, it's I mean, the best thing I'm, ever. I'm from Argentina, so to me, that's my catch up. I yeah. Mean, so, I mean, I put it on just about everything. Totally. So, I mean, that's my thing. And I just got him into it about a week ago when I made it for family meal. That's cool. pretty great. So. <laughs> And what herbs do you like to chop chop in there? Um, it just it's the basics. It's uh, it's uh, oregano, parsley, garlic, and just uh, oil and vinegar. It's a very uh-huh. simple sauce. It's very efficient. Cool. No jalapeno in there. No. As an Argentinian, I will I will say get away from all that stuff that should not be in there because <laughs> chilies is chilies aren't something that uh are uh, known in Argentina. We don't, we're not big into spice since we have right. no Italian influence. Right. So mild, vinegary, garlicky, that's it. Uh-huh. Good to know. Absolutely. Restaurants, though, can also set a nice mood depending on the <laughs> one you choose. Uh-huh. So there's, there's value in that, too. Like the Darby restaurant? <laughs> Down on the 8th and 14th? <laughs> I didn't think of that one. I uh, remember going to a meal at La Grenouille. And uh, that place is just so classy and makes you feel so well accommodated. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't there with my girlfriend, but I said I have to take my girlfriend here. Right. And I haven't yet, so hopefully she's not listening. But <laughs> one day I will. <laughs> so uh, as for the ultimate date meal, Lucas, would Me. chimichurri be involved? Or? Uh, no. Okay. last thing you want on a date is something that's heavy on the garlic. Garlic. <laughs> So, no, I mean, I, I agree the whole, you know, something at your house. I mean, I would do something as simple as, you know, just doing up some fries in a bucket of mussels. Oh, moose feet. Yes, that's, I mean, it's it's hearty, it's delicious, and, you know, it's usually always a crowd pleaser. Totally, totally. So that's what I would go and with. And you would fry french fries at home? Yeah. Deep fryer? Uh, no, just uh, get a pot going. Okay. Yeah, that would impress anybody. Yeah. When was the last time you saw people making I, fries at home? I don't do that, but I could, I no, guess. You could, you exactly. Should. Yeah, I should. <laughs> you should. It's, uh, it's, I mean, aside from all the oil that's, you know, leaping out onto your arms, yeah. it's, uh, it's a good thing. But don't you have to twice fry it to make them taste better or whatever? Well, What's I mean, the, yeah, you can way? fry them the first time before you jump in the shower, you know? Right. Uh, <laughs> fry them, pull them. Right. And then, you know, when uh, the person that you're on a date with decides, you know, it's time to finally eat, you know, you make it a joint effort and, ha- you know, have them help you cook a little bit. So they'll get splashed with hot oil, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're all in this so they will always, I mean, they'll have marks for the rest of their lives. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even, even, even if it doesn't work out, they will always know <laughs> that it was because of you that these marks are now there. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and as for uh, the oysters too, will you do the shucking or have your date participate? I would, I would, you know, maybe consider having them try one and see. Try to shuck it. See if they enjoy it or not. Yeah. You know? or like what's that one movie with uh, Swayze where doing the clay thing? Oh, oh the so ghost. A ghost. Yeah, you'd probably ghost, you know, but like yeah, with oysters. Yes, exactly. Of Except that, uh, yeah, I, I keep being told because I'm a big proponent of like shucking oysters at home, and and everyone is like, "Oh, you're just gonna hurt somebody. Somebody's gonna get hurt with uh, the shucker." Oh, you'd have to so show far, them how so. to do it with your towel and whatnot, the technique, you know. Yeah. But that can be sexy too if you teach someone how to do something. Yeah, and there's an element of danger. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Very cool. These are inspiring notes. So, um, <laughs> what's the best day of the week to come by Darby and try all the good stuff that you guys cook? Oh, any day that we're open is fine. I mean, 
Depends on if you want lunch and dinner. Just no, dinner. just for dinner. dinner. Okay. Uh, Tuesday to Tuesday through Saturday. You know, like like any restaurant in New York, it's a little busier on the weekends. It depends on what kind of scene you want, but it's mm-hmm. always good. All right. And any like fall menu item that you you just uh, are dying to make soon? You're tinkering around with. Hmm. Jimmy Cherry? No. No, no. no. <laughs> uh, I'm excited for cauliflower. Yeah. I think it's an underappreciated vegetable. And I always like to uh, try and bring it to people in yeah, something ways hearty. maybe they haven't had it. Yeah. Like uh, maybe like a cauliflower gratin that we did once. You oh, know, that's, get, all, that's always good. Got a mm. couple of different, you know, little, little Manesco in there. A little yeah, Manesco cauliflowers. Crispy topping. And yeah. Shout out to Bechamel, my favorite mother sauce. And uh, okay. some cheese. You can't go wrong with that. No. Just a veggie. Right. Gratin. Yeah. Sounds it's, good. It's hearty. Yeah. It's, I wouldn't say it's healthy, but it's delicious. I want to try yours, and then I want to try to make it myself soon. All right. All right. That's a deal. That's our compromise for All restaurants right. versus cooking. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, uh, Lucas Marino, Ian Hobbox. Hobbox. At the Derby. Um, Check out thedarby.com, and uh, we'll see you next week on Let's Eat In. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.